1: Hi, this is Rahul uh, Today is uh, April seven, two 2021. The time is about 4.30 p.m. Rudeon in BC does conduct Zoom conferences every single day. You can ask, it's free. Come to the conference and ask questions. For those people who are in the conference, if you want to ask any question, please um, raise your hands and then you'll be announced with your name to ask the question.
2: And uh, Chanda.
3: Yeah, hi Rahul. Thank you for taking my call. So basically my husband's priority date is current right now. So we are trying to prepare our I-485 documents. So Mm -hmm. we have documents other than marriage certificate because we could not register our marriage due to time constant in India. So right now, Mm -hmm. alternative document we can provide other than marriage certificate uh, to avoid uh, like uh, uh, like rejection of the application.
1: You can submit two affidavits of marriage that is acceptable. Um, I have a link, actually. The format is there. For some reason, we just changed the website. The link is not working. It should be working by tomorrow. It says, if, um, I don't have a birth certificate. That's the one that you need to search. Okay?
0: okay. And R and
1: okay. room. You'll, you'll have that link by ready by tomorrow. It's not ready. But you can submit two affidavits. That will be good enough.
3: Also, for marriage as well? I mean, birth certificate, I know. But for marriage as well, we can Same. submit.
1: Same thing. Same thing, ma'am. Same thing. Same thing.
3: Okay. And do I need to send any document, like uh, whether our marriage is uh, like we had the social marriage. So that is valid here in US. Do we need to prove that statement here or is okay?
1: Affidavits are good.
3: Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Next person, please.
3: Madhav.
4: Yeah. Hi, Rahul. Thanks for taking my call. Um, My situation is uh, I had an IOM40 with my previous employer, which is company Mm -hmm. A. Then mm-hmm. uh, then I worked for a couple of companies in between and then now I am with company X. So mm-hmm. uh, with the October disability, I have approached my previous employer to see if he has any opportunities. So he said, yes, he can apply. He applied it. Then we are waiting for our fingerprints. We got an appointment recently, but I'm still mm-hmm. with uh, company X. When is the right time to move back to the company A or is it at all required?
1: it's not absolutely required it may be safer to join the company but it's not absolutely required did you file the i140 or just for eight application uh for including everything like you know downgrade which is a downgrade with previous employees. so d- do you have the i140 approval or not yet not yet
4: we are waiting on that we j- i just you got, to, uh,
1: yeah you need to you need to file for the premium processing though that would be in your best interest um, okay. If you are not joining the company though after your I-140 is approved, I want you to file 485J supplement with your current company.
4: Okay. So um, I have worked with them after approved after approving this I-140. right? I worked with them for two years. Do you think mm-hmm. that will avoid that will avoid these um, these or uh, the that ability to pay kind of our uh, or R- right really now,
1: it, 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 it it Just because you worked after the I-140 approval is not important. There was a gap period after you left the company from the time mm-hmm. to the time that they, apl- they applied for the I-140 the again, or even right now also. Mm-hmm. Even right now also. So it is in your best interest right now to file the premium processing. If there is any problem, though, if the I-140 mm-hmm. gets denied, it is the right okay. time to get it denied so that you can move on. Okay, what happens?
4: Because let's it did, say...
1: Yeah. It depends uh, say- on it depends on the company's financial ability to get your I-140 approval. In the period of time that you didn't work, they didn't pay you the salary. Is that right? Okay. If they don't pay the salary, they have to show them in the profits.
4: Okay. So What's let's say, line? for example,
1: your priv- if your salary is $100,000 and their profit is $100,000, it's not enough. Because then if you filing for 15 people, they have to show the ability to pay all 15 people. 100,000 yeah. multiplied by 15 is 1.5 million. Their profit is only two hundred thousand, so your I one forty may be denied. You're speaking some something about the lawyer.
4: So what happens if they send me um, uh, uh, ability to pay? And my employer was saying if we get ability to pay with the financial, I mean, if they want to show the financial statements of the company, they may not be able to respond to that. But they were suggesting me to join them because by the time if I get any RFC, no, still they can show still my not,
1: still still it's not good because. There was still a gap period between the time you left the company to right now. So okay. you still are exposed there. It is in your best interest to do the premium processing right now. Okay. Let's go to the next okay. caller. I have to go to the I can't okay, stick to one person. There are like go 40 ahead. other people, 80 other people. No,
5: sorry. Uh, Raunak. Raunak Gupta.
1: Yeah, hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I this is about
6: uh, my parents actually. Um so I'm here, I was here on F1 and I switched to H1 and the lottery left. Here, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my dad um, used to have a B one B two visa that was issued in 2011 in Singapore. Um, he traveled about a few times here, and then the it expired earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister is planning on coming here on F one like later this year, and my parents want to come like with her like for a few weeks and all that, and like just let her settle in and maybe do like some tourism. Um, the issue is my mom's B one B two has been denied in the past due to 214 B. Um it was an mm-hmm. issue on my mom and my dad just being underprepared for the interview. Like they didn't take some of my documents. Like they asked the interview officer, the officer asked, like, do you have a child there or anything? And my mom was like, Yeah, if he's there enough F1. And they didn't carry like vital documents about me.
4: Mm-hmm. So
6: uh, now my mom and dad are like I filled out their DS160. I'm filling out their DS160 and stuff, but my dad has to basically appear for the visa renewal interview B1, B2. He can't, he's not eligible for Dropbox because this interview is in India and the previous one was issued in Singapore. Um, mm-hmm. And my mom is also going to appear, but there is that previous denial there. Uh, my mom, my, basically our family is wondering like, would it be? what would you recommend in the sense that should they appear for the interview together or separately?
1: Just because first, my first, dad's of all, did, first of all, did your sister got the uh, F1 visa?
6: No, no, not yet. My sister will be applying for the F1 before my parents. Okay. I'm
1: more concerned about your sister than your mother and your father. Okay. Yeah, it would be, it would always be better that both of them go together, especially your father has come a couple of times here in the United States, went back. It's just his good faith effort that he went back. Um, It would be better both the people go together. That would be more ideal.
6: Okay. So I should like, we should schedule their DS 160 together, list them as travel companions. That would,
1: that would be much better. Yes.
6: Yeah, and then the other one just related to this as well as my sister was also part of that B1 and B2, so she also has that B2 like uh, like denial in the past, and now she's going to be applying for F1, which is Yikes. tricky. So yeah, yeah. Typically,
1: just... if the people have got rejected for B1 and they are applying for F1, though, yeah, the, the chances will be very high um, to get into trouble. But there's no option. There's nothing much you can do about it. I mean, would you recommend like
6: like what 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 would you recommend that the like the issue doesn't like repeat itself? I guess.
1: What? What would you recommend so that like did they, like let's just, so did make they it need to, the, the uh, people need to be prepared to answer the question that they are going to go back to their home country once they complete their education. That is what the consulate is looking forward for mostly. Now, um, having said that. Is there any clear-cut doubt that I can do? I can tell a trick that can satisfy the consulate officer? No, I can't. Why? The reason is that every person who is applying for a visa to United States is presumed to be an intending immigrant. Mm-hmm. It's like that. When you go to the criminal court, until proven, you're not guilty, is right? But in the immigration though, you are guilty until proven otherwise. So the burden is mm-hmm. on you to prove it otherwise. And I have no trick to tell that, okay, if your sister does this, she'll be fine. If your sister has $20 million in her bank account, will she be fine? I don't know. I've seen people with $20 million bank account got rejected. I've people have seen people who have only less than $1,000 bank account got approved too. So I don't know the answer for it. So it'll be up, up to the luck of, of your sister. But as far as your parents, I would rather want them to go together. Let's go to the next uh, person.
2: Uh, Madhuriya Mohan. Yeah. Uh, hi, Rahul. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my question. So I am currently on F1 visa. I came mm-hmm. here to the US uh, in the year 2018 and I graduated with my master's degree in the year 2020, May. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I applied for my initial OPT last year. But however, mm-hmm. uh, I, got, I received a denial on uh, October 28th. Last year, Uh, the reason being uh, my university DSO had uh, updated the wrong OPT I-20 date on my service records. So that was the reason I I received a denial. Uh, So basically here I had taken uh, another I-20 because for some reason uh, regarding the lockdown, I was not able to ship my package within the 30 day limits. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I requested my DSO to give me another I-20, but he has not updated the second I-20 on my portal, service portal. So Mm -hmm. which is why I received a denial. And then uh, uh, with the help of an attorney, we did file for a reappeal in the month of November. But uh, last week on the USCIS website, I got to know that my reappeal has also been denied. But I'm yet to receive my notice, though, uh, regarding- what is
1: reappeal? Did you refile uh, it? Did you file uh, a motion to reconsider? What is reappeal?
2: Uh, so we uh, we filed a combined motion to reopen as well as to reconsider.
1: Ah, you should have filed one more fresh application though.
2: Uh, but uh, I was not eligible for that. Uh, I know me- the, U-
1: the USCIS gave notification. I don't remember when. Uh, recently, somewhere in January or maybe February, they sent a notification that re, you reapply, we are going to approve it. That's what they said, though. Have you seen yeah, that, uh, Nemo? Uh,
2: yes, I did see that, Rahul. But then uh, th- I had like only 60 days limit for me to take an action based on the notice I received. So
1: where are you right now?
2: I am currently residing in Seattle right now
1: on what we saw, still in F one?
2: Yes, still on F uh, one. So... I would,
1: I would still, I would still refile your seven six five application again, based on uh, that memo. Uh,
2: you meant to say the notice which I'll be receiving now?
1: No, it doesn't matter what you receive the notice. I okay. want you to file one more seven six five application right now with the help of DSO. They have Thanks. issued a memo in February. I don't remember the exact date. Maybe in January, saying that people who got their 765 denied, they want you, they want to reapply and they will adjudicate the seven six five. I have never seen in my history of 25 years of practicing immigration law, immigration saying that reapply, we're going to approve it. They did, they issued a memo for you particularly though. So if you want, you can check it out. If not, drop an email, I'll cite you that and file a 765 immediately with the help of DSO.
2: Okay. So, uh, but then since now I've already graduated, it's been like a year. I am aware of
1: that. I'm aware of that. Okay. I would still try my luck. If that doesn't work, then it's a different issue because they told that they're going to do it. If it doesn't work, it's a different issue. I will write. Let's go to the next person, please.
2: Okay, I uh, want you to watch sorry, the, read the
1: memory. Uh, yeah, go yes,
2: ahead. Uh, sorry, Rahul. Uh, but then I just want to know that with respect to my status now, can I stay here in the US? I, is it? Uh,
1: I, okay? I, cannot, I cannot. I'll tell you the consequences of it. Um, since you are an F1 visa, though, even if yes. you fell out of status, you will not be considered to be unlawfully present in this country. Okay. The reason is it's duration of status. So the 180 yes. days, the 360 days for the unlawful presence does not count towards you because you are a student visa but the rest of the thing i want you to
7: consult a lawyer okay Let's yeah, go to definitely. The next
2: thank you so much rahul thank you Hari.
7: Hi, rahul. thanks for the opportunity i sure. have a question on my my wife's h4 ead like uh, she has the ead card valid until uh, december uh, uh, this year and because of the passport passport expiry she has i only until uh, september So which one do we need to consider if we need to take the EAD card?
1: What do you mean take the EAD card?
7: For the working purpose, like which one do we need to consider? Was I-94 expiry or the EAD card expiry?
1: Okay. EAD card is expiring in December, is that right? Yes. EAD allows the person... I-94 is expiring in September. Yes. So are you filing for her extension?
7: Yeah, I am filing for her extension (laughs) in uh, July.
1: Are you filing along with your H1B extension? Yes. Okay. When you file in July, though, okay, do file for her EAD also. Yes. Now, the question is can can she she work? work, Can she work until December, even though her H4 expired? Is that your question?
7: Even
1: though her I 94
7: expired.
1: Yes. Yeah, that is H4. Uh, As long as you file an extension, as long as you file an extension, she can work until December. Absolutely, no problem with it. Okay.
7: Uh, one more okay. question, sir. Like I'm filing the H-4 also extension. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, can we file the extension more than three years? Like, uh, from I will be applying with my h 4 Oh
1: yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. You can file. She can file more than three years. Okay. She can file more than three years. I'll be okay. very surprised if they don't issue it. But if at the most, she may get a three years. That still is fine. She should be yeah. able to get it all the way until you get it. But they may cut it short by three years. You can always file extension later on if you want to. There's yeah. another trip trick if you want to do it. You know, let her fly to Mexico and have a coffee there and come back. She get until December. That's up to yeah. you. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Next person, please. Thank you. Nisha.
3: Hi, Rahul. Uh, thank you so much for taking this call. Um, so I, uh, so we filed for the I-485, uh, during this, uh, time, uh, October, October time November. frame. Yeah. So my husband downgraded, uh, to EB3, um, and our priority date is February, 2013. Um, but my son, um, he turned 18 this January. Um, and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, because we didn't know how it was going to go so we made him uh, go to university of toronto uh, for mm-hmm. his uh, for his college so that at least you know he can um, get a canadian citizenship faster um, so now we got our biometrics and we made him come back from his um, semester earlier now and we had the h4 so, stamp so, so it was not an issue so
1: so wait, wait so you already included him in the 485 application
3: yeah, yeah he still has the
1: him. h4 he still has the H4 right now. Based yes. on that, he was able to travel into United States on H4 uh, and yeah. he's coming for the biometrics. Okay. Yes. Everything seems to be going perfect for you. Okay.
3: Yeah. So, but uh, we wanted to know, um, he he is a computer science student. So we wanted to know, even if we get the EB3, EAD, we should not be using it, right? Because in case if we want to no. switch back to EB2, so should we yeah. use that EAD or not? That's the question.
1: Should you use the EAD? No, Are no,
3: should No, for no, my he should son. not, use the,
1: he should not okay. use the EAD. He
3: okay. should not use okay. the
1: EAD. Wait until uh, your I-140 is still pending, is it right?
3: Yes, I-140 is still pending. No,
1: for that reason, he should not. He may become 21. For that reason, he should not. Uh, and the third reason is that he cannot use the advanced parole to come into the United States. He still needs to use the H-4. For all yeah, reasons, yeah. He, he should not... Yeah he should not try to use the EAD at all.
3: Okay. Um, and one last question, Rahul, I know that the DREAM Act came into picture, right? So he did go out to study in Canada. So in case if that's going to come into picture, like, do we have to do anything? Um, so basically- I, I, was... I don't
1: The DREAM Act is still in the dream right now at this point of time. <laughs> so okay. uh, I would not rely more on that. I want you to rely okay. more on two weeks ago, what the visa state department has made a couple of statements. That okay. may come more true. Uh, Pam, okay. This COVID is a boon for you.
5: <laughs> Hopefully,
1: Rahul. OK, um, let's go to yeah, the next you. person,
5: please. Hello. Hello, Rahul. Thank you for taking my call. I'm talking about my husband's case here. So mm-hmm. in the past, he was approved H-1B from 2011 to 2014. And mm-hmm. then he worked for two years and later moved to Europe. and. Uh, In these past seven years, he traveled to Europe on tourist visa, but not Mm -hmm. on work visa. Now Mm -hmm. he got a new employer. He lives outside US and he got a new Mm -hmm. employer uh, who's Mm -hmm. ready to offer either J-1 or H-1. So since it's more than seven years that he last had his H-1B, so we want to ask, my question is, can this new employer file for a cap exempt H-1B to capture the remaining four years of his previous visa?
1: I'm assuming that 2011 he was cap objectives, right? Obviously. Yes,
2: yes. Okay.
1: Absolutely, he doesn't need any lottery system at all. Not in his lifetime, not in his lifetime. The only deficiency, which you don't mind, is that he can only use the remaining four years, even though he was outside the country for one year. He cannot use the six years. Don't use the J1, get the H1B, he's entitled for the H1B. There is no rule of six years, none at all.
5: Okay, okay. Yeah, the other question mine was, if the current employer files for J1 in case, uh, what were his chances to transfer to H1 again? Yeah. Well,
1: he can, but there's, there are a couple of problems with the J1. I don't know if the J1 has a two years home residency requirement. Number one, you know what a two years home residency requirement
5: is? Yeah, we heard okay.
1: about that. Yeah, I don't know whether the J one has it. If it has it, he there's a lengthy process to convert that. Second thing is that J one requires that his intention is only to temporarily come into the United States. Especially if his wife is here working on H one or L one visa, though he may be, uh, he, he may not even get a J one visa. So I, if if the J one and H one is option for him he should go for H-1B. Absolutely no question about it. Now, for the people who are not being countered towards it, it's a totally different issue. But your husband, he should only go for J-1 visa. I'm sorry, Sure. H-1 visa. H-1 visa.
5: Ne-
2: in my case,
5: I'm, I'm actually in, in the U.S. working here. So that case, even in that case, I think he must go to H-1.
1: Absolutely. H-1 uh, is a dual-intent visa. So if, if the spouse is here, an F-1 H-1, H1, L1, it won't matter. He will still be entitled to get the H1. Okay. Thank you very much. Next person. Next person. Hi,
8: Rahul. Thank you so much for this opportunity today. And uh, I had a question about my I 485. Uh, Mm -hmm. Currently, I'm working with Employer B, which I moved Mm -hmm. in last year on March of 2020. And Mm -hmm. Employer A uh, had my I 140, and my dates got current. and Employer A said he is willing to file my I-485 and they went ahead and did that.
1: Uh, One also question. Said like, uh, did you sure. file I-140 or you did not? In October? My I-140, uh, no, I did
8: not file. I did not downgrade because... Uh, my got most it, got it, I got it. I got,
1: I, that's fine. Go ahead. Keep going.
8: So, yeah, he, uh, he went ahead and did the filing and he said I'd like to come back to him on a concurrent H-1B. Uh, which is, he was willing to do, and he applied for that one too. Mm. Now, I want to understand the risks. You know, if if at all it's going to affect my I-485 process at affect? all, and what uh, will I affect? I mean, filing, filing. I mean, working on a concurrent H-1B and keeping my current H-1B with employer A. Uh, no. Is that going to be a no. problem? And no, I don't. And I don't he, see that as a
1: problem. I don't see that as a problem.
8: And we had also Okay, cool. And he had also filed a 485J for which I did not receive a receipt. Uh,
1: That's just, normal. Some of the people, o- only 10% of the people receive the receipt notices. For the 485J, it is inconsequential that you didn't receive the 485J receipt notice. So at this point of time, should I actually uh, part from my employer B
8: or can I just hold on to employer B and employer A? If, if did you get any EAD approval? No, not yet. I got the BAM But
1: Well, you can't part with employer B if you want to continue working with employer A. The reason is that the employer A filed a concurrent H1B. It's not a solo yes. H1B. So you can't just work for company A. If you want to move to company A, you have to wait for the uh, uh, EAD to be approved or, mm-hmm. or have the employer A file one more H1B uh, not as a concurrent, but a direct solo H1B. Those are the two things. Now, is it required that you have to move to company A? Technically speaking no. of, there is no requirement that you have to move to company A. You can stick with company B. And if you are going to stick with company B and not going to go full-time with company A, you can do one thing. You can have company B file a 485J supplement and take the complete authority from company A on your 485 application. But it has to be like over 180 days, right? Something
0: you absolutely
1: like are right. It has to be over 180 days. Okay. So otherwise, next. Uh, even if I don't move at this point of time, it's not going to impact my 485 in any way, correct? No, it it should not okay. impact your 485. All right. Thank you so much. But if time, once once me. it costs 180 days, if you're not going to move to company A, you better file 485J supplement. Let's go to the next column. Okay. Vishal.
9: Thank you. Hey, Rahul. Thank you for taking my uh, question. So, Rahul, I'm in a situation where I filed my EB2 to EV 3 downgrade on October 29th, 2020, and I received the receipts for I-140 downgrade and I-485 and I-131 on FAB. But till date, mm-hmm. I have not received my biometric appointment. I have two questions for you. Do you know when mm-hmm. can I expect uh, the same? It's it was filed on Texas Service Center. That's first question. Anywhere, and anywhere, anywhere from one week to four months. Four months. Okay. Uh, the second is, I have an emergency travel plans to India because uh, because of this AP situation, I am stuck here. And I know if I travel, uh, it will get cancelled. Is there any way? To expedite this biometric appointment or can we do something? Everybody wants to do biometrics
1: expedited. They don't honor that. You can try it. You can request it. Uh, That's a waste of time. I would Uh, rather go to temple and cut a coconut to try to get them work on it rather than calling them. But it's, I can't, some people out of thousands and thousands of people, one guy calls and I called, they expedited.
9: Okay, fine. So I, I, you know, I would rather go and cut a coconut. That's <laughs> sure. And is there uh, like uh, is there any way they can use the biometrics that was taken at the port of entry uh, no. from year two thousand nineteen? No, no, they don't. They don't
1: have. A policy. I was talking they
9: to. not not chatting with this. They don't have that policy. They won't make it for you because Emma uh, Live Agent USCIS Emma Live Agent. I was chatting with that uh, live agent and. The agent responded that uh, for your I 765, the EAD, we have taken your biometrics from your 2019 uh, uh, trip. But uh, we have 765 uh, is different. 765 yeah. is different, though, than 485. Yeah, they said for 485, I 131, you need to have a biometric done. You don't need biometrics for I 131 at all. I don't know why they are telling
1: it. You don't need biometrics for 765. I don't know why they are telling it. You only need biometrics for. 485 but recently we have I have seen a trend that they are not approving the 765 until you get the biometrics for the 485
9: so uh, uh, overall like I'm in a situation I need to travel to India in an emergency situation I don't have
1: any method that I can expedite you other than telling you to go to Temple and cut a coconut I'm sorry but, but is I there don't.
9: any is there any emergency advanced payroll that we can apply cut the coconut please <laughs> <laughs> thanks
1: okay. Next person, please. Ali.
9: Uh, Raul, yes, sir. Uh,
10: can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I, I have a two question. Actually, currently I am in the E2 status and parallel, mm-hmm. I am running I-45 firm process is running. And my I-140 has been approved and 485 mm-hmm. is in pending. Mm-hmm.
2: Recently, there's an E2
10: status just uh, online because when I when I apply for I-45, uh, it it was my E2 status was pending but now I got Mm -hmm. approval uh, accepted uh, a week before. And the E2 basically is uh, the principal candidate is my wife and she is running a small business. And uh, the thing is, uh, the question is, if in this case right now, if she is not able to continue her own business, the E2 status, and my pending status is E2 along with my wife. So if E2 somehow, Means um, cancelled because she is not running right now the business. So what will be the status of mine? So shall I be in the I forty five the GC status pending status? Okay. Or?
1: So let's 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 go to first at a time. When is your depend dependent visa expiring though? I ninety four. You are I ninety four.
7: Uh,
10: is after is June 2022. 2022.
1: June 2022. Okay. The, June, you already got your extension approved in your hand? Yes. I, I got yeah, I got
10: the notices. I got my EAD also in my hand. And got the it. notices this is what this the,
1: this the is law. E2 EAD you're speaking about, is right?
10: Yes, right. E2 EAD. Correct. Okay. So, my, so
1: when did you when did you file the adjustment of status?
10: Uh, when I was pending, means in the E2 pending status.
1: When which month?
10: December, uh, December uh, uh, fourteen,
1: December, December fourteen. Okay, so one problem I see if your wife doesn't do continue doing the business though is that her E two visa is no longer valid. If her E two is no longer valid, you cannot use the EAD. Correct. E two EAD. I mean, right E two EAD. You don't have any other EAD right now. You didn't got the adjustment of status. yet uh, EAD, EAD. So you can't use the EAD. You can't work. You have to wait until the for it uh, 485 EAD is approved. Right. Will it cause any problem in you getting the green card? No. Even though she stopped working, let's say, in April, though. Okay. Uh, and you got the EAD, let's say, in July of 2021. You can't work right. from April to 2021. But. You're you're fine. Your status is not affected. You're good. You told me that you so filed a different status, status will not in be impacted. No, it won't be impacted. So right, because you uh, must maintain the legal status until you filed the four eight five application. You told me you filed the four eight five yeah. application. Because in parallel,
10: there are some expenses going across, and that business is going to be you know, degraded in the form like is not profitable. So if she, I got, is, I, she got wanted, I got, I
1: got, I got. I got the point, but what I'm telling you is that you just have to maintain the legal status until you file the additional status. You just cannot work from now on until you get an EAD approved, that's all. That's, that's all.
10: So if somebody uh, somebody asks, uh, I mean, so there's some paralegal people that say, if you if you are not doing this business, they might revoke your
1: visa, which is the proof. Is there any that's situation fine. like that? Yeah, they can revo- we, instead, of, instead of revoking it, what you can do is that you can withdraw it. Okay, you can withdraw so the application. If they, revoke, if they cancel my visa, E2 visa, I want you to consult a lawyer. I want to give chances to other people too. Okay, let's go to the next caller, okay? Two Kumar. questions is my limitation, guys. Kumar, go ahead. Hey, all, uh, thanks for
11: taking my call. Uh, this is a quick question from a uh, follow-up from our uh, previous conversation. Um, so I have a April 2013 priority date, uh, filed EB2 to EB3 in October. Uh, mm-hmm. Both my wife and myself are on H1. I'm the primary applicant mm-hmm. and dependent. Mm-hmm. So she went to India and she's coming back now on H4. So she traveled there on H1 and she's coming mm-hmm. back on H1. Um, so mm-hmm. you said her 485 shouldn't have an issue with that, right? I mean, will there be a chance for abandonment?
1: Will there be a chance for what? I missed the point.
11: Uh, will there be a chance for the I-485 to be abandoned because she's, she went on a H4. She was on a H1 while she filed, but she's coming back on H4.
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely, it's not an amendment. Uh, Abundant. And she can come and continue. The only thing is that there is something called I31, I131, which is also called Mm -hmm. as advanced parole. That is abundant, not the 482 application. Let's go to the last person today. It's it's five o'clock, guys. Prakash. Thank
11: you. Yeah. Hi, this is Prakash. Thanks for uh, taking the call. So here's my situation. I was on a non-profit h fund from 2011 to 2014. So I worked on that for three years. Is it
1: non-profit and higher education or just non-profit? Just non-profit. So, Is it cap-exempt or non-cap-exempt? It's cap-exempt. So it must be non-profit and higher education only. Okay, go ahead, Ardyn. Thank you. All right. And then I was on H4 uh, from
11: 2014 mm-hmm. to 2017.
1: Mm-hmm.
11: And then I applied for H1 in 2017 when I was on, on EAD, And my H1 mm-hmm. got selected. So now mm-hmm. I got H1 and, I, and worked, I worked on H1 for three years from 17 to 20. Now in 20, when I applied for H1 extinction, I got an RFE mm-hmm. saying that um, you know, the uh, extinction period of Three years until June is not valid and they can only provide until March of 2023.
1: So let me ask you this question. You never filed labor certification in I-140, I assume? No, I, I did not. I mean, I, re- I filed um,
11: recently, but not at that and, time.
1: Right. Uh, and let me also, uh, as, uh, between the non-profit H-1B mm-hmm. and the, this, this H-1B, you never mm-hmm. traveled and stayed outside the country for more than one year. I did not. I traveled out to the country, but not for one year. Okay. I see what the issue is. Go ahead. So now
11: uh, when, uh, they, when they send the RFP, they mentioned that my previous H1 started from September 8th, 2013, which I'm not sure where they got that date from, because I was on H1 from 2011. So under that assumption, they gave me the H1 until 2023, March. But now my question but, is... But let, me, let thing- me
1: ask you this question. Yeah. The total amount of your physical butter, mm-hmm. but present in United States? How many mm-hmm. how many days will it be for you to for six years? Uh, for H one on both non profit yes. and profit. Yes.
11: Yeah, including the uh, recapture time. Uh, my time uh, it will be end of this month. That is uh, April twenty twenty
1: one. But they gave only until March of two thousand twenty
11: one. They gave until March of twenty twenty three. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. I got the question. Okay. Go ahead with your question. So now my question is, what are my options? Because eventually mm-hmm. I want to, you know, apply for a green card. I don't want to make, take advantage of the mistake. that no. No. did. no, yeah. no,
1: don't, don't, don't take the mistake. mistake. They will come back and haunt you right now. Move on yes. to a different visa. Move on to a different okay. visa.
11: So my question is, H- I have a Canada PR and I'm in Buffalo, so I can, can travel to Canada. So is it a good option to go to Canada? Stay there until my labor is approved? Or permits approved? Yeah, that's right. Perm I-140 I, is approved. Okay. So can I stay there until the uh, 140 is approved too, or can I come, should I come yeah. back? Um, because my perm is filed by employer B, but I'm working for employer A.
1: I-140 has to be approved too for you to come back. Okay. By perm approval, you will not be allowed to come back, extend the H-1B beyond six years. Right, but I still have some more time on my six years, right? Which is how much? That is three weeks. So you're going to come back for three weeks when you're coming back at the border?
11: now periodically uh, if i have to after my permit is approved can i come back um,
1: i would i would i would leave that thing because it may whenever you are trying to come into the border though it may raise some questions and might create problems stay away mm-hmm. until you get the labor and i140 approved and then get the h1b and come back understand yeah thank you for the call uh, okay right. thank you guys for the next uh, uh, next zoom conference will be uh, tomorrow at 11:30 Uh, You can always make an appointment uh, with me at rnlawgroup.com. My appointments are open, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.